Hello and welcome, friends, to The Alex Levy Show. I am your host, Alex Levy, and I'm honored to have you spend an hour here with me. If you want to trust your inner guidance, ignite your intuition, and lead a spirit-guided life, then you are in the right place. I'm an intuitive coach and creator of the Spirit Guided Oracle, and you're listening on the International Angels Network. My passion is to help lightworkers cultivate their intuition. It is my hope that our time here today will be high vibe, spirited, and filled with light energy as we talk about practices, tips, and strategies to help guide people to their natural fullness of power. I am so excited about you joining me here today. So thank you for showing up. My guest here today is Ryan Allen, and more on that in a minute. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone here at the International Angels Network and our amazing producer and founder, Claudia Ibarra, for creating this sacred space for light workers to come together and connect. And I have a few announcements before we get started. This podcast is brought to you by Audible by Amazon. You can get your free audiobook today. So to redeem your audiobook, visit audibletrial.com forward slash international angels. You can try Audible free for one month and receive a free audiobook for just subscribing. And this really helps us support our online radio network, which we really appreciate. And to redeem your free audiobook, you can go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash international angels. You can cancel anytime. And you keep the first free audiobook free of charge. So today we have a special guest. I have Ryan Allen with me today. Ryan is a Los Angeles-based breathwork teacher, life coach, fitness coach, writer, and meditation guide. Through his vulnerable, unique lens, he uses each of these practices to spread his message of self-love, self-expression, liberation and healing to his clients and all who follow his awesome Instagram account. Some of the main tenets of his teaching include the power of healing core wounds, being expressed in the intelligence of the body. Healing is a natural inherent part of a human being, Ryan says. It is how we free ourselves from feeling stuck or weighed down. And it's our gateway to the life we want, a more intuitive self, on the other side. His decade-long experience in coaching, exercise, and movement naturally developed into meditation and breathwork, all of which Ryan honed through his San Francisco-based studio Lifted that he hoped opened in 2016. In 2019, he relocated to where he now leads weekly breathwork groups coaches his clients, and lives with his dog, Rosie. Ryan travels across the country leading breathwork groups and lifted classes and has been featured by Goop, Well and Good, and 7 by 7 Magazine. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us here and hanging out. I really am happy you're here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um yeah, as, as you mentioned in my bio, um, I started in working with people through fitness and through coaching. Um, 
And that led me to the other practices that are so important of meditation um, and breath work and basically anything that I could use to help people tap into the wisdom of their body and how that connected them to their spirit. That was my way into this world of spirit and, and healing. So you're actually combining mind, body, and spirit literally with, with the modalities that you work in. With Absolutely. Wow. So yes, that, that, that wasn't, I wasn't aware when I started on this path that that was what was ahead of me, but uh, I just followed, followed my guidance as things began laying themselves in front of me and took the right next step. Oh, that's so awesome. So I have so many questions, but I think it would be really awesome for all of our listeners to kind of get grounded. And if you would like to take us through a little meditation journey, we would love that. Absolutely. So I'll suggest that if people aren't already sitting, or if they're multitasking while they listen to this, to take a moment and stop, take a seat, and plant feet firmly on the ground, maybe even pushing your feet into the ground for a moment to feel grounded, connected, to feel your hips, you're taking deep breaths in your nose and out your mouth. Each inhale, you let your body expand. And each exhale, let it soften. Taking deep breaths in and expanding, opening up. Full exhales, softening and relaxing into your body the moment and seeing if you can drop your attention from up near your head down into the lower half of your body. Maybe even imagining growing roots if you're someone who stays in your head often or stays up in spirit often. Really planting yourself here. Continuing to breathe deeply. Feeling your body and connecting to any wisdom that it might have for you in this moment. Feeling into your abdomen as you breathe, letting it expand, letting your chest, your back, and your shoulders expand and soften. These places where our bodies hold things until we're ready for them. Maybe setting the intention that with each exhale, you let your body know it's safe relax. It's safe to let go and be present.
And as you're breathing, now focusing a little bit more attention on the heart center, center of your chest. With each inhale, expanding, each exhale, imagining that there's a release valve, that you're turning to the left, like you're unlocking. Each inhale, you expand, each exhale, you're unlocking, twisting a little bit more to the left. Until you start to feel some of that pent-up energy that maybe has felt guarded, blocked, closed off. You feel it starts to open, spread throughout your chest, to move out through your arms, down your back. Feeling the sensation of a deep love. A deep receiving and giving can now spread through your whole body, down your hips and your legs, down to your feet and hands. And finally up to the top of your head. Feeling heart-centered energy radiating. Feeling it moving out of your hands, out of your feet, out of the top of your head, and filling up the space in your Creating a sacred space around you. Maybe you can envision it in a color, as a bubble, holding you safely in an open-hearted state. For a few moments, just breathing into that. Feeling how beautiful it is to be unguarded. Able to let all of that energy flow. that feeling when you're expressing that heart-centered energy that you can also receive it so much more easily. So that during this conversation, you'll be open to receive whatever insight, guidance you might need, keeping an open heart. You may hear things in a different way. Even if you've heard the things that we're going to talk about today before, maybe your heart needs to hear them again in an open state. Keeping that open heart for this conversation. And starting to come back, maybe moving your hands and feet a little bit and 
opening your eyes or keeping your eyes closed for the duration of this if you'd like. That feels nice and open. How's that, Alex? Hmm. I didn't want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, so you've developed kind of a formula that combines modalities. And yeah. it's really unique. I haven't really seen that. So can you tell people and break that down to what that is? Yeah. So as as you mentioned, I have a lot of different practices and modalities that I use, sometimes individually um, and often all together um, for a really powerful effect. So uh, when I'm seeing my coaching clients in person is when I mix all of the modalities. And so we will usually start out with um, about 30 minutes of high intensity exercise, but it's all based on the client's needs. But typically something that gets people's energy moving, uh, gets them maybe sweating a little bit out of breath, but very much in their body. And it's a really good way to bring them from their daily life, their daily habits, their habitual thinking into their body and really present. Mm. And then we do a meditation that is some, similar to what we just done here, maybe a little bit longer, mm -hmm. uh, to then connect to spirit. And depending on the day, um, we may do a little bit of breath work, or it may be a day where we do a full session of breath work, or we work into uh, a more traditional coaching conversation after that. So we're really hitting hitting the body, spirit, connection to spirit, emotions if we're doing breath work, and using the mind when we have the conversations. That's awesome. And it's, it's, I guess it's really about kind of integrating all those aspects back, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can usually forego one for another and kind of not have as much balance. Um, you know, some people might be a little more heady while others are more heart centered mm -hmm. or some people have a tendency to leave their body when they're having intense conversations. So just trying to stay grounded and connected to spirit at the same time, which I guess is the balancing act we're all doing. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk a little bit about breath. And mm -hmm. obviously we all know breathing is essential, it's essential, right? But, but why do you think so many of us have become disconnected from deliberate breathing? Well, that's what most spiritual practices all include, right? Like meditation, yoga, any type of spiritual practice, usually breath is involved. 
And I believe it's also the Latin word for spirit. Mm. So it's connected. We are, our breath is our essence, is our spirit. And on a physical level, um, our breath, certain breath patterns, like the one that I typically teach, um, can really connect us to our emotions on a much deeper and more visceral level than we're used to. And so when we walk through the world breathing shallowly, that's about the depth of experience that we can have emotionally, which is probably why we regulate so shallowly, because it feels scary sometimes to drop into what's really going on below. Yeah. And so it's kind of a safety regulation for us. It's a defense mechanism almost. And actually, yes, exactly. Wow. So yeah. Can you t tell us some more about the technique that you use? Yes. Um, it's, I learned it from my teacher who's named David Elliott here in LA. And it is a technique that's all done through the mouth. And it is two inhales and one exhale. And when you breathe through the mouth, it's activating versus breathing through the nose, which is calming. Oh, I didn't know the so, difference of, of that. Yeah, if you think of like when you're exercising, you're not just breathing through your nose. If you're intensely exercising, you have to breathe through your mouth at certain points. You, at least your exhale is through your mouth. Right. And that's activating because things are coming up, they're activated. And when you want to calm the mind, you're just breathing in and out through the nose. That's a really good calming pattern or breathing and then holding your breath for a moment before letting it go. That's a calming pattern. This breath work is in kind of the same way that yoga is not meant for the purpose of yoga in its original sense was not meant for this to be the practice of yoga to be the purpose. The practice of yoga is to lead you to the meditation at the end. Mm. It's to prepare you for that. So you've moved your body You've been breathing, and then you have that shavasana where that's your meditation time. And in the same way, this breath work is 30 minutes of active breathing where you're breathing all through your mouth. You breathe the first breath into your low belly, the second breath into your high chest, and then out. So it sounds kind of like this. And it's very active. And so there, 30 minutes of that wow. in the, the longest form is 30 minutes. You can do it for like before we got on the call, I did five minutes to kind of connect to my energy and move things around a little bit. Um, so the 30 minutes of that is the active part. And then there's another 15, maybe even 20 minutes, depending on how long I have with clients where it's, more of a traditional meditation where they're they're not having to focus on their breath at all it's almost as if they were asleep and oftentimes they go into transcendental states different planes um 
people have really incredible experiences during that time. But to get to it, we're moving a ton of energy and a lot of emotional baggage often, which blocks our energy centers. So that first breath goes, if we're looking at the chakra system, it's going down to the second chakra where we push down things that we don't want to feel, emotions that are too challenging, traumas. Um, and even for some people, it's people push down joy. They don't want to feel joy. They're used to feeling um, sadness or feeling depressed. They push down that emotion. So often even joy and laughter can come up. Mm. So we're moving, moving a lot of energy, moving a lot of emotions and purely for the purpose of self-healing. So this is this can be a deeply emotional experience then. There must be a lot of releasing for people then. There is often I I, I tell people to use it as a cathartic experience. I suggest to make sounds if laughter wants to come up, to laugh as much as you need to, if you want to scream or cry, that that is allowed. And because we don't have very many places in the world to be able to do that and to have someone hold space for us to feel those deep, intense emotions. Hmm. So is breath work then kind of the, the precursor to meditation or would you say it, it can be a form of meditation? I'd say it is a form of meditation, um, and it also allows, uh, it also opens you up for other forms of meditation. So it can be incorporated into anybody's practice. And who is it ideal for? Honestly, I think everybody needs this. <laughs> so what, the, when I experienced it the first time a few years ago, um, I was curious because I'd heard of some friends who had done other forms of breath work and, um, and I wasn't really prepared. I wasn't exactly sure what was going to happen. And the person who led me, you know, they gave me enough information that I was felt safe, but also little enough that I didn't have expectation. And what I found in that first session, just one session, I felt so much of the pain that I thought I'd already processed through um, in my therapy. Mm -hmm. I knew of the patterns in my life. I knew of the things I could, I could very well articulate what those things were, but I never really got down to feeling it. And I, I think that that's so true for everyone yeah and it, so in that regard it it's for everybody yeah right i i i agree with you on that i i yeah so then i i would also imagine that there's also going to be physical benefits right um for people who have maybe certain health challenges it could probably help to to break that up often yeah there Recently, I did, um, I led a group for someone's 40th birthday, which I thought was a really awesome idea. So it was a group of, 
right? It was a group of friends, and uh, the person who brought me didn't really tell their friends very much of what to expect. So I just showed up mm-hmm. and did my thing. And later, one of the attendees had mentioned that before I'd gotten there, she had migraines for the first time in her life and that she was feeling numbness going down her arms. She was really scared that she might be having a stroke. And, and she didn't express any of this to me before we laid down. Right. And after the session told me that all of it was gone and that she'd felt better than she had felt in months. Um, You know, I I don't know exactly the science behind what could have happened to her, but I do know that flooding our blood with oxygen and flooding our system with oxygen when we're used to being deprived of it has huge physical benefits. Yeah, definitely. I mean, wow, that's, that's just awesome. I'm sure you have so many stories like that, though, with people having these kind of breakthroughs. Almost every time, so I I lead groups and I do one-on-one sessions and almost every session I hear something really incredible. And often it's people's experience of connecting the dots of something that they hadn't ever had a real awareness of until that moment, or they'd had awareness again in their mind, but they never were able to viscerally feel it. And I feel that feeling it is actually what helps us heal and progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've talked about how you work with people through groups and one-on-one. Do you have a preference or, or, or you know, what do you recommend if someone is interested in, in working with you? Well, in working with me specifically, I also I do virtual sessions with people uh, where we use video so I can see their breathing pattern and they can hear me and they're in the comfort of their own home and often in their bed. Um, that, that's, the, that's how I was introduced to the practice. And I was really happy to be in my bed <laughs> because, because it's my safe space. It's my own environment. Yeah. Um, so I was glad I was introduced to it in that way because because of the flood of emotions that happened and all of the crying that I did and I needed to do some yelling and things like that. I felt safest doing that. And soon after, I was in groups. And I was actually nervous to be in groups yeah. because I knew what was about to happen. Mm. And um, the power of being in a group of individuals who are doing the same thing you're kind of you're when you're in a group it's you're in your own bubble but you're also obviously sharing all of that collective energy and it feels so comforting to be in community with people that are all also being so open-hearted and feeling what they need to feel and you're holding space for each other um so there's so much power that comes in groups I I totally uh, I love that you know I work one-on-one with people but I also do gallery mediumship uh, group readings and mm-hmm. I always find that the group readings have such an um, amazing healing energy with it 
because like you said, there's, there's this collective vibrational thing going on as a group and it's just really neat. Usually I kind of see like a common thread that connects mm-hmm. session and there's just amazing healing energy. So I can, I can see that happening with the work you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I've done I've done some groups that are were as large as thirty people. Wow! And the the really cool thing about that is I do this with every group, but with a larger group, I bring into the session whatever I've been kind of channeling or tuning into over the days leading up to, and it's usually something that's currently happening within my life or something I've just healed, something that is really personal to me. And and it's funny because every time I go in, I think, I don't know if I should share this as the intention because it seems like maybe this is just too personal and maybe this is not what's best for the group. And as I'm sure you've experienced, every time you share the thing that's most present, it resonates the most. Definitely. And so it's interesting to sometimes, depending on the size of the group, I'll go around the group and ask if anyone wants to share, um, share something about their experience. And they're so often connected with other people in the group. So it is, that's a great benefit of group dynamics. Awesome. Do you have any meditation tips for beginners? Stop trying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We go, it's, we come from a world where everything is about trying. Yeah. Our society is about pushing forward and yeah. fighting through, busting through, all of that. It's the exact opposite. Right. And, and often it's those moments where we're about to stop because we think I'm not really feeling very much. And that's usually where our resistance is, where our mind wants to become most dominant and wants to stop the practice. Mm -hmm. So my suggestion is to ease up. And then when you get to that point where you're feeling like you want to stop, go for a little bit longer. And that's usually when the release comes or, the insight comes or the softness comes. I like that. So was there ever a point kind of along your journey, I guess, of personal growth or development where you maybe had a difficult time with the concept of healing? Absolutely. Yeah. There are still times and this is my own resistance that still pops up where um, we're talking about healing. I get a little nervous because I don't want people to frame it in a way that makes them feel less about themselves, makes them feel broken. Yeah. So I, I use it usually with some sort of definition to me of what healing is and what it's for. And, um, yeah, so to me, we, like I mentioned earlier, we push things down. We don't want to feel things. We have moments in our lives where we're told not to be so loud or, you know, 
so emotional that we're too much. We're these bright, shining lights moving out into the world. And then the world is like, you need to tone it down a little bit. Yeah. And and that can be traumatic in whatever ways it comes, it's traumatic. And so we push those things down and we hold on to this story that we're not good enough or, you know, what all these number of stories that really boil down to the fact that we're not good enough or we're not worthy or something. And that's, that's what needs healing. We're, we're born into perfection, yeah. but then we get torn down and the, the healing is uncovering those wounds that keep us from feeling whole. I love that. So it, yeah. Yeah. So we're not broken, right? It's just, right. we couldn't see it. We couldn't see it. So, yeah. Yeah. Go on. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, and so for me, um, I was definitely resistant because when I heard healing, that also triggered. So I came from a very religious, almost fundamentalist uh, background. And so I was resistant to anyone that told me that they had, they knew the way. And then I needed to listen to them and, you know, follow by their rules. I became very rebellious of that. Yeah. And probably a little too rebellious. Um, and that led to me almost not trusting, um, not trusting teachers. And my teacher, David, my teacher for this practice, um, he calls himself a reluctant healer. Mm -hmm. And that resonated with me because I could feel... I could feel that myself. And when I started understanding that healing and healers were no different than me, that healers were just people that were holding space for people to heal themselves. So they weren't doing something. They were being there. They were allowing something to happen. And once I got some clarity on that and some understanding on that, it helped me uh, be less resistant to healing and healers. So a lot about resistance. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was very resistant. <laughs> yeah, definitely related. Hmm. So that was, your, that was your experience as well? It was very similar. And... Uh, yeah, I, I, I just definitely can relate to that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can. So what about the patterns that, and you touched upon this a little bit, but those patterns that keep just coming up and maybe mm. we have the blinders on at the time because we haven't learned from them, but they keep repeating. So uh, do you have any tips on how to kind of overcome those patterns? Absolutely. And I, and it just recently came about through my own experience and seeing how, what I practiced for myself, I gave it as homework to many of my clients and how effective it is. And I'm not usually a step one, step two type of guy. Yeah. I'm like, you know, let things come as they need to, but mm -hmm. often patterns are the hardest thing for us 
because they feel so personal and it almost feels like no one else can understand this because this is my thing. And I don't want to talk about it because it seems shameful that I haven't figured this thing out yet. You know, how old am I and how long have I experienced this pattern coming back around? And and especially when it comes back around for like the hundredth time. And (laughs) so I recently experienced that. And I was like, come on, all of this work that I've done, like, really? Why is this here again? And what I found, like any pattern that comes around, it's, it's looking for healing. It's highlighting to you again where healing needs to happen. And so there's something that I've found that is really helpful is to both offer it up for healing mm-hmm. and to, to be open so uh, I don't know if you've heard if you heard of Tosha Silver and her prayers. No, I haven't. Oh, she's amazing. Um, she she has a couple of books. One of which is called uh, Outrageous Openness, and it's all about being led by the divine and having um, offering up our problems to be healed and to be guided towards their healing. And that has been a really helpful tool to me and a new way for me to think about my communication with spirit or the divine to actually say, so the practice that I've had is like, let's say it's the subject matter is um, relationships, choosing the same type of person over and over and not really being able to change that pattern. Um, A prayer to be written and then for me it is really helpful to be recited often a prayer could be something like um divine beloved i offer this pattern of relationships up to you to be healed to be guided towards the right next step i trust in your guidance i'm open to hear what needs to be changed, healed, expressed, and I'm open to receiving that information. Saying that kind of like takes the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. Like saying it out loud takes the pressure off your chest. It's like your body can relax a little bit. Like I don't have to do this all alone and I don't have to be ashamed that this is happening. This is just here for my healing. It's here for, it's one more thing to help me along my path, not to hinder me. So that helps you take a breath. But I also found that there's something um, on a personal level that is really helpful, and that's self-forgiveness. Mm, so important. And so important. And in this practice, what I found is there's so many different directions that the self-forgiveness can go. So what I'll do with clients is after we write a prayer that feels resonant to them, I'll guide them, but have them write the prayer. So it's their prayer. And then we write down, I forgive myself for, 
And we could go into like 10 different, I forgive myself for, and they're all valuable. But the interesting thing is sometimes how they turn into like, with this same example of um, a pattern in relationships, one of the I forgive myself for could be, I forgive myself for not knowing better in the past. Mm. Or I forgive myself for not feeling safe to express my needs. So it's not always directly correlated to, I forgive myself for having this pattern in my life. You know, that's, that's a pretty obvious one, but drilling down a little bit more and, and feeling where this helps us heal a layer that we might not have even known was there. Hmm. And that to me has shifted patterns so incredibly quickly, even if they're not reflected externally, internally, the pattern feels different. Yeah. So we're not fighting against that thing and not scared like, Oh God, it's coming around again. Yep, it's yep. more of like, oh, it's coming around again, but I feel differently about this. Mm -hmm. hmm. You know, you said something, um, I think it was an Instagram post I saw a while ago, and it really resonated with me. Um, and I would love for you to expand on it. You said, healing is understanding the language of pain and then listening to it. I mm. That is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. Mm, thank you. Yeah, that most of the time when I write things on Instagram, it's something that I have just had clarity about myself and I have to capture it in words really quickly or else it's gone. Uh-huh. And that was one of those moments. Um, I can't remember exactly what I was going through personally, but um, I do remember that it was coming from um, it was coming from having an understanding of like where what does pain look like in my life? How does it show up? Because it's not always obvious. Yeah, it can it can be this pattern. This pattern is coming around to show you. Obviously, you have some intense pain, unresolved, unhealed, unfelt, unworthy part that is expressing itself in this pattern um, but pain can also be expressed in many other ways it can be expressed in the way that we communicate with ourselves with our partners the way we live our lives uh, our bank accounts mm -hmm. pain can be expressed in a lot of different ways so understanding what the language is for us personally is a huge part to recognize, oh, this is, this is the language of my pain, or this is the language of my pain around this particular um, circumstance or this thing that needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. And it's different all the time. Yeah. And so then, then once you realize, oh, this is how it's speaking to me, then it's our job to listen. Yeah. So it's not just awareness because so many of us, right? It's so, it's so easy to have awareness and then jump over 
like I see this often with myself and with clients, most of my clients are already highly intuitive, highly aware people. And I see them in our conversations, they hit the awareness and, and think, okay, yeah, well, that's the problem. Got it. I'm going to leapfrog to this is the clarity that I now have. And whoo, okay, that's done. And the mm-hmm. thing that they're leapfrogging is the actual pain itself, the feelings, the feelings that come along with it. And that's where, that's where the real resolution, that's where the gems come from. Yeah, you got to look at those shadows and mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, for me, the, the deeper I've dug, the more liberation and more light has been able to come in. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Do you have um, a daily spiritual practice? It changes. Um, I have a lot of different tools that I know are helpful for me. Uh, and so it depends on the day. Um, I like to be really liberal with myself and not get too rigid. Yeah. Um, because one of my, one of my languages of pain is, um, is, is rigidity with myself. It is being really strict. And so knowing that I've chosen to not be very strict about what my, my daily practices are, but I do know that when, um, I do know that I have to move energy at some point. I know I have to move my body at some point and often doing one of those two things also moves some emotion and um, creativity is a big, big part of what helps me feel in the flow. So like this morning, um, had I gotten up earlier, I probably would have had a little bit more time to meditate or do some breath work, um, but I didn't. And so as I was cooking my breakfast, I decided to think. And that, for me, opens up channels. If I can sing as loud as I want to, mm-hmm. then it really opens up channels. Oh, yeah. And, right? Like you can feel vibration moving through your body. You're expressing yourself. It hits the, the note of creativity if you really let yourself go there. Um, and I often, I'm a music junkie, so I often will wake up with songs in my head or a loop of a lyric in my head, which is like a message to me. (laughs) So I think, okay, that's not, that's not coming by accident. So I'm going to listen to that song. And today I was like, I'm going to sing that song as loud as I possibly can. (laughs) So that was today's practice. Um, and there will probably be more as the day unfolds, but just an example. I like how you, you talked about, you know, the rigidity, because I know that's definitely kind of uh, an archetype that I kind of uh, wear sometimes of the rigid. And I have to really be conscious about that. And I try and allow myself to, you know, play more and be more spontaneous yeah. because, you know, I'm typical Virgo. I like structure, but mm-hmm. you know, like that you're not limiting yourself by saying, this is my, I have to do X, Y, Z every day, you know? Right. Yeah. Because then the things that are beautiful become 
the things that we use to beat ourselves up again. And that's not what those tools are for. No, you're right. Hmm. So part of the show is uh, really about sharing strategies and helping people trust and listen to their intuition. Mm -hmm. So is there a strategy or something you've learned that you can share with people to help them really trust their inner GPS, their intuition? Mm, good question. Um, I, ha I have found so much clarity after my breathwork sessions. Mm -hmm. So like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be a 30-minute breathing practice and then another 15 minutes of laying. Um, I will do sometimes just five minutes, and it seems to clear the things out that block my intuition. Mm. Um, and so I usually do that right before I want to take action on a project that maybe you know, I don't know what direction it's going to go or having a conversation with somebody. I'll do that for five minutes and say a little prayer of offering. Offering has become a big part of my daily life of offering that whatever is meant to be in this situation, that I will be guided towards it. And it's a lot of trust. Um, other strategies that I've used over the years have been to just be very aware of when connect the dots of when I trusted my intuition and I see the direct link to what happened because I trusted my intuition mm. and being really aware of that helps us recondition ourselves because intuition is something that we were taught is not something that you can trust. Right which is why we don't trust it. Yeah. But if you can prove to yourself that it is something that you can trust, give yourself the data. Oh, yeah, no, I, I had that conversation. I didn't know why I wanted to have this conversation with that person. And now I see. Or I didn't know why I wanted to bring up this subject when I led this breathwork group. And now at the end of the group, when everyone is telling me how helpful it was for them to have clarity because I brought that up. Oh, duh. Okay. More intuition, more following that guidance. Those are great tips. Thank you. Yeah. Is there uh, something that you're really good at that few people know about Ryan? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I like singing. Uh, I, I do think that I have a good voice when I let it flow. Most people don't hear it, so that's why they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll claim the fact that I'm also a good writer. Um, I love everything you write. I really do. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've... Um, Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. Um, I, yes. So there's a few. There's a few little projects that are coming up, and one that I I know will come to fruition at one point. Uh, really came by surprise and divine intervention. Um, 
I've never written anything that is fiction based. Um, but I had a moment. I don't know how much time we have for a little story. Yeah, we have time. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I last Christmas, I decided the week of Christmas, I was going to be by myself in Joshua Tree. Um, I, this, this was a big hit of intuition that I got during a meditation where I was told, you go and give yourself space and don't bring your dog, which I would normally do, have nothing on the agenda, be alone for as long as you can. So I took a week and I went to Joshua Tree. I rented this house that was in a beautiful but very secluded area. And I had no idea what I was going to be doing there. Um, but I saw that once I got there, there's a room with a table that looked like it's specifically for writing. There was nothing else in the room. And it sat and looked out on this huge picture window out into the desert. So I thought, okay, well, I'm, I guess I'll do some sort of, maybe I'll do some New Year's writing here or something. And um, so I was there hanging out in the house on Christmas and I heard a man yell um, get in the car scream oh, wow. this yeah. and and I got really scared because there was no one around me and I thought oh my god I can't believe I'm hearing someone so I peeked out the window and I saw this man um, who had just finished like repairing his car that looked like it broke down on the road outside the house and he reached into the window of the car and hit someone who was sitting in the back. Oh my God. And yeah. And then they drove off. And so I was left it. And it, to me, it looked like a woman, possibly a girl that was in the back seat. Oh my God. And so I was then left by myself to think like, you know, I just witnessed something so horrible and now they're gone. Right. And what, what do I do with this? You know, I want, I want to do something for that girl. Right. And so I just started writing what I thought her story could be oh. as a way to feel like I could do something. Yeah. And Alex, like this has never happened before. Words just poured out of me. And I went back and read about five paragraphs that I wrote and it didn't sound like me at all. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. So that flowed and I've, I've shared it with people and everyone has told me this is a book you need to, we, we want to know what happens with this. So I've been as my creative expression, um, doing that and letting that flow. Um, so that is, that's the first thing that comes to mind when mentioning a book. Well, keep letting it flow because, you know, that's, that's your spirit connecting with you. That's your highest self. So yeah, yeah. have you back and talk about that. When, yeah. That's really exciting. I mean, talk about true inspiration. Like, I mean, in, in a unfortunate way, obviously to witness something like that, but I, I love what you said about kind of, giving her a voice in a way, you know, an honor. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you. Uh, my mantra, Ryan, has been for a while, 
less hustle and more light. So mm. how do you bring more light into your daily life? Mm. Well, just before I got on the call, um, I gave my best friend a really long hug. I told him it, it looked like he needed, I, I knew he was going through some a rough day. Yeah. And I told him that he needed to come give me the longest, most uncomfortable hug <laughs> that he could. Oh, I love that idea. And I said he couldn't let go until I did. And, um, and so, you know, little acts like that, I think, are so, are things that we think that we need to do something that's really big and profound and, like, that we need to share it with the world. Mm -hmm. But so often it's just the people that are closest to us that just want to know that they're, that we've got them, you know, that we're listening and that we're paying attention, even if they don't say anything, that we understand that they need that. Yeah, but that's, probably need his day. I mean, it's, it's, everything has a ripple effect, right? Yeah, yeah. So where can people yeah. find you, Ryan? So my website is Ryan Allen, which is A-L-L-E-N dot C-O. Um, they can connect with me there by sending a message if they'd like to. Um, see also the services that I offer. Um, I try to, as often as I can, keep up on the events page of where I'll be. I often do breathwork groups um, and some coaching in San Francisco once a month. Do you have any events coming up? I will be in San Francisco um, at this place called The Assembly, uh, The Assembly SS online. And I do one of my favorite breathwork groups there, and it's going to be on Sunday the 17th. I believe it's the 17th, 16th or 17th of this month. Okay. Um, so people, if they're in San Francisco, can sign up for that. Um, I also, as I mentioned, people can find on their website, if they're not located anywhere near me, uh, they can work with me remotely, either through coaching or uh, breathwork remote. And both of those... Um, can be found on my website. I am also on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places. I kind of basically use it as a blog yeah. um, with images. And that's my favorite place to write. And that's usually the seeds of my writing um, start there. I write poetry there in my stories. Uh, sometimes that poetry ends up in my feed. Um, but my Instagram handle is ryan.m.allen. Um, and that also, in my link in the bio there, lists, that's usually where the most up-to-date information is on events and things that I have coming up. Um, and also Sundays in L.A., I do a breathwork group in my studio behind my house on the east side of L.A. Great. So all of these links will be available for people to go connect. And if you're not already following, make sure you go follow Ryan and stay connected with him. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you'll come back sometime. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was a fun conversation.
It was. It was. Thank you so much. Tuning in and stay spirit guided.